Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle. I'm 42, and I have two sons, uh, Alexandre and Nathan, making me a busy mommy of two under two. This week for the World Breastfeeding Week, we are talking about the most common questions and concerns to do with breastfeeding. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi everyone, my name is Heather Fox and I'm the co-host of Parent Talk. I am 40 years old and my son Hudson is a year and a half. Hi everybody, my name is Agnes Meyer. I am a registered nurse. I work in labor and delivery and I've worked there for the last 12 years and I own the Mama Coach. I started the Mama Coach in March um, because when I had my son, I realized that I struggled a lot with everything, everything from breastfeeding to sleep training. And I thought if I'm struggling and I have a registered nurse background, I thought, how are these mamas coping? So I started the Mama Coach to give mamas more support. I want mamas to know that they have options options out there. We have a lot of services at the Mama Coach. We do everything from prenatal classes to breastfeeding support, newborn support, sleep support, um, and I'm doing CPR and choking workshops as well. I'm married and I have a nine-year-old son named Aiden. Well, welcome. Thank you, Heather, and thank you, Agnes, for being here today. So let's dive into this topic. So Agnes, what do I do if I don't have any milk? So that's one of the number one concerns mm -hmm. new moms have. Basically, the baby is born and they try breastfeeding. And that's one of the first things moms say is they, they look at their breast, they touch the breast and they're like, I have no milk. That's very common. You're not going to have milk. Milk takes about three to five days, sometimes even longer to come in. But what you do have is it's called colostrum. And that should be enough for your baby for the first couple of days until your milk comes in. Now, sometimes it's not enough, but for the first 24 hours, what we encourage is a lot of skin to skin um, and a lot of attempts at the breast. So your body is like the economy. The more you the more the demand, the more the supply. So the more the baby uh, goes to the breast and attempts feeds, even if they're not successful, they will learn, they'll get better at it and you'll get better at it as well. So uh, that's the number one concern moms have is, you know, I don't have any milk. And moms also have to remember that their baby's tummy is really, really small. It's about the size of a marble, so about five mils. So that colostrum will be enough for that baby. Mm -hmm. And I guess later on, how do I know if my baby is getting enough milk? That's also a big concern that moms have, especially once breastfeeding is established, because you can't measure how much your baby's getting when you're breastfeeding. When you're formula feeding, you can see in the bottle they're getting 60 mils or 100 or however much they're getting. But when they're breastfeeding, you can't see, you can't measure. So what we really focus on teaching moms is looking at their diapers. So after the baby's four days old, they should be getting about six to eight wet diapers in a 24-hour period they should be getting about three to four poopy diapers, also in a 24-hour period. They should be regaining their birth weight by two weeks. And babies should wake for their feed and feed about eight times in 24 hours. 
Um, and another thing is when they're finished feeding, they're content. They're happy after their feed. They're not looking for anything else. They're not shoving their, you know, eating their little hands or, or looking for their breasts. They're content after they finished feeding. Some mothers are worried that if they don't breastfeed because either they can't or they choose not to, that they will not bond with their baby. What do you think about this, Agnes? So a lot of moms worry about that. They associate breastfeeding with bonding, which is very normal, right? Um, but many mamas can't solely breastfeed. And you can bond just as easily bottle feeding with your baby as breastfeeding. Like with my son, I had to do both. He was always held when he got his bottle, either by myself, by my husband or my in-laws. Somebody was always holding him. So we were able to bond that way. And I think for the dads, my husband is hands-on with Alex and Nathan now. And yeah, he's doing a lot of bottle feeding and they're completely bonding. I got to say though, someone's in a while, he will tell me uh, the baby needs the boob. <laughs> It makes a difference, the contact a little bit, but yeah. I think with the man is very important too. Of course. Uh, to We forget that, that when the yeah. baby is born because moms produce milk. And so automatically it's the mom and the baby bond. But, you know, it's important for dads to bond with babies too. Like my husband, when my son was born, it was through a C-section. They went upstairs to my room. I went to recovery and my son did skin to skin with my husband and it was awesome. And then my Aww. son tried to latch onto my husband, which of was course. hilarious. I didn't know this till recently. He just told me this recently, like nine years later. <laughs> but I just thought, how nice is that? Maybe not the latching part, but they had that bond. Yeah. I mean, I know I didn't have that, but that's okay. They were able to bond and that's really important as well. What is the number one things mom needs to do in order to uh, breastfeed effectively? They need to get in a comfortable position. <laughs> That is by far the most challenging thing because especially when we're teaching them in a hospital and you've got an IV in one arm, got a blood pressure cuff on the other arm and you're trying to latch the baby and it can be really hard. But the number one thing is get yourself comfortable. So I don't care if you need to put six pillows up and you look like the Queen of Sheba by the time you're done, you need to get yourself comfortable because if you're comfortable, this baby will latch beautifully. But the minute you're stressed... This baby senses your stress and you won't be able to latch that baby at all. And the other thing too is moms have to remember, don't lean it down and bring your breast to the baby. Always bring, bring the baby to the breast. And that plays into getting yourself in a comfortable position. So yes, if you have a breastfeeding pillow, use that. Or other pillows, it doesn't even have to be a breastfeeding pillow. Whatever works for you. And if you want to recline, that's a more comfortable position for you. That's okay. If you want to do sideline, It doesn't matter, It's, but you need to make sure that you get yourself in a comfortable position because babies sense stress. And if you're stressed and you're fumbling and you're not comfortable, it's, it's not going to work. And you know, that's kind of funny because um, I breastfed Alex and then now I have my number two, Nathan. And you think, I've done it once. Mm -hmm. I know it all. It's fine. And... <laughs> No, actually, no. I went and see the nurse, and we went over new things, and I was mm -hmm. like, I forgot about this. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess the, it's not the same I find breastfeeding a newborn mm -mm. than breastfeeding an 11-month-old. Mm -mm. Right. Like, is, they just, yeah. on, at 11 months, they just... Five, just in five minutes, yeah. they're also emptied your breast. Whereas a oh, newborn yeah. doesn't empty your breast in five minutes. As But fast. an 11-month-old, they will empty your breast much quicker. And one mistake I have done is um, I would make myself all comfortable, but I would lean back on my tailbone. 
how sensitive that was after. Like something happened with my birth, but I realized right. it was my breastfeeding position. I was putting yeah. too much pressure because I was like catching up on all the movies in the first month postpartum. And whatever is comfortable yeah. for you. So mm-hmm. a position that's comfortable for Heather is not going to be a position that might be comfortable for me. My son had bilateral club feet, so I couldn't even breastfeed using a breastfeeding pillow or the rocking chair. I had to re- recline in our recliner because he had um, casts on his feet and then he had braces. Uh, he looked like a little snowboarder. So mm-hmm. I, couldn't do the con- I couldn't breastfeed in the conventional positions that other moms did. Oh, wow. Everybody's so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have any problem breastfeeding with Hudson? Or Yeah. Well, initially, um, I, he was C-section as well. So same thing. He was taken away and he was with dad right away for skin to skin while I was in recovery. Um, but he was jaundiced pretty much from, right from the beginning. So they did have to supplement right away with formula because I wasn't there yet. So from the start, we were supplementing a little bit with formula and then I was breastfeeding as much as I could. And um, so when we got home, again, I would always be you know, try both sides and then the formula. But then I still found like when I tried pumping, I would get like nothing practically from pumping. And then of course some people do respond really well to pumping and Mm -hmm. some people don't. Mm -hmm. So then I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, I know that my breast will respond to him more than the pump. So I'll just do my best on each side and then, you know, have Bruce help out with the formula. And then again, it was, you know, having a lactation consultant come and help me with positions and things like that. Um, Another thing for me is I'd actually had a breast reduction. So that was, goodness me, almost probably about a good 15 years before having babies. So it would have been quite a while. And I knew that that could potentially stop me from breastfeeding completely. Um, I did have milk. It just wasn't going to be enough. And the lactation consultant was able to show you like, oh, no, these here's your ducks and you, I can feel this and this and this. And she's like, probably, you know, with baby number two, you'll have even more coming and you may be able to even be able to 100% breastfeed second one. But um, we ended up getting into a really nice kind of groove <laughs> between, you know, the supplementing of the formula and the breastfeeding and kind of did that until about a year. He finally decided to not breastfeed anymore and we just finished up with the formula and yeah, we kind of found our thing, but it worked, it worked out well. But yeah, there's a lot of adjustments at the beginning and learning that pumps did not work for me and no. things like that. And mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. pumps don't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. I know I had a hard time letting yeah. down to a pump as well. Yeah. I really did not like pumping, but I know people that had to almost yeah. exclusively mm-hmm. pump because the baby were not going to latch. And if that's the way your baby feeds, then that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's exactly. totally okay. For sure. So how do we know if our babies latch properly? So um, one of the big things is looking at their lips. So you want their upper lip to curl up and their lower lip to curl down, kind of like a duck. You, When they're latched properly, they have not just your nipple, but they have the areola in the mouth and it's not painful. Sure, initially when you're breastfeeding and you first latch the baby, it hurts. But after a few sucks, it shouldn't hurt anymore. Um, the other thing is their jaws going to move beautifully. You're going to see this big open mouth and just this like jaw opening and closing. And you're going to hear sucks and swallows with the, the jaw movement. And the other big thing too is that when you take your baby off, when they're finished breastfeeding, your nipples shouldn't be bruised or shredded or misshapen. Because I've seen that myself. Like, yeah. I, no. Things get out of there and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. No, it should it shouldn't look like a lipstick. If it looks like a lipstick, then we have to look at the latch. And um, I had a mom the other day, and it was just that her baby's jaw was 
receded. So they have the jaw has to kind of grow into their face and grow into breastfeeding. And all we had to do was pull the jaw down when we latched the baby. So you have to adapt to your own baby. So that's why it's important if you struggle, go get help. Get help. Because it's hard to figure that out. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And you don't know what you don't know because a lot of moms think, okay, that's normal for me to struggle through that pain for four, five, six weeks and cracked bruised nipples. And initially you do have to wear your nipples in. Yes, it's going to be a little bit painful, but you shouldn't have hickeys on your nipples. They shouldn't be cracked. Um, You shouldn't have that misshapen lipstick shaped nipple. And if you're having those symptoms, then yes, please go and you can contact me or, you know, call your public health nurse and see what they can do to help. One of my girlfriend was really struggling with uh, breastfeeding and it was getting so hard. She ended up with postpartum depression and the problem, the cause was uh, her baby was tongue tied and nobody had diagnosed it and she had no idea. And it was a huge struggle. That's actually really common is uh, tongue and lip ties. They don't always affect breastfeeding but they sure can. And when they do, it can be really painful for mamas. The babies can't latch properly, which means that not only is baby not getting enough, but mom's milk supply also diminishes Mm -hmm. because of that. It's happened to me that my breast was so full, then my baby had a hard time latching. I know having big full breasts like this can lead to plug ducts and mastitis. How can we prevent that? Plug ducts um, is basically the precursor to mastitis. So what happens is, is that the, the ducts that are making the milk, they don't get emptied properly. And so the initial symptoms that most mamas experience is a painful area. They'll touch it and it'll feel hard and it'll be painful. It can also be red. So it's um, not an infection. It's just that the duct is still full of milk and you're not emptying your breast properly. Whereas mastitis is basically an infection of that duct. Um, So the key is to recognize the signs of a plug duct as soon as you can and work on that to prevent you from getting mastitis. So one thing you can do is if you're starting to notice like you find a hard spot on your breast, start massaging it. You can apply some heat and lots and lots of feeds off that breast. So you want to feed that baby as much as possible off that breast to empty the duct. The other important thing to do is switch the position um, in which you're feeding the baby because the problem is, is that you're not emptying that duct. So if you continue to breastfeed the baby in the same position, the baby's still not going to empty the duct. So you can try a different position. Like if you did the normal cradle hold, you could try a football hold. Or what happened with me and a friend taught me this was breastfeed your baby upside down. It sounds really funny, but it works. So lie your baby on a bed and basically dangle over your baby. Do the plank over? Pretty much. (laughs) When I first did that, my husband and I were laughing because I'm topless dangling my breast over my son's mouth. But I kid you not, we did two feeds like that and my blocked duct went away. So you're just getting a duct from a different angle. It's emptying it and it helps so much. And the next time I started feeling that, I already knew what the symptoms, like I, I was like, this is 
a plug duct. I knew right away what to do and it helped. Um, I know for some mamas though, you know, they try everything and it can go from a block duct to mastitis quite quickly. Um, so the best thing to do is try to get on those symptoms as soon as possible. Now, if you start getting fevers, chills, like a general malaise, flu-like symptoms, unfortunately, those are symptoms of mastitis and you should go in to see your doctor because most likely you'll need to be put on antibiotics mm-hmm. to get rid of that infection. But you can still breastfeed your baby even with mastitis. It's important to empty those breasts. And what do you do if it's so full, like me, my problem is so full, they can't latch? So what you can do is you can either hand express a little bit into a towel or Or if you have an issue with supply, you can save it in a cup and just express enough so that that tension is now gone and then the baby can latch because it's really hard to latch a baby on taut skin. Mm-hmm. I mean, pumping is an option too. Yes, yeah. but you don't want to, like if you're breastfeeding, what you want to do is either hand express or pump just enough off to give that relief and then you can latch that baby. Because mm-hmm. that's what I ended up doing, mm-hmm. but who? <laughs> and how long should uh, I feed my baby and how often? So in the hospital, um, you know, we do sometimes say 10 minutes on each side because a lot of people like to know numbers, but the truth of the matter is you should breastfeed your baby as long as they stay on that side. So if it's 20 minutes or a half an hour, you can leave them on as long as it's an effective feed. So remember we talked about like them actively sucking, their jaw moving, you're hearing that suck and swallow. So if they're doing that for 10 or 15 minutes, that's okay. If they stop doing that, you can compress your breast. So give them a surge of milk in their mouth. And then if they continue to suck after that, great. If they stop, take them off, burp them, and then give them the other breast. But you really shouldn't be timing the feeds. Initially, while you're still establishing breastfeeding and you're trying to get your milk in, feeds can be long. Mm-hmm. Sometimes 20 minutes, half an hour. I've known some people, they'll say their baby was on there for an hour. So it just really depends. As your baby gets older, your milk comes in, breastfeeding gets more established, the feed lengths will decrease. Mm-hmm. I did find that um, actually both of my son, they just like to be on the boobs. Like mm-hmm. I have to watch when they're finished because they will stay there. They, they rarely stop and unlatch themselves. And that's when it's important to basically like literally squeeze your breast and give them a surge of milk to wake them up and be like, are you guys sleeping or are you guys, do you want to suck some more? Because yeah, most babies will stay on that breast for as long as possible. Yeah. It really threw me off at the beginning. Because all of a sudden, you don't know, like, should you remove it? Should you not remove it? Mm -hmm. Do I only do one breast? Because I want to make sure it goes all the way until the Mm -hmm. hides milk, right? At the beginning, I thought that was very confusing. When it's done, when is it done, right? Mm -hmm. So I can, I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that too, like to find out, to get Mm -hmm. to know your baby, Mm -hmm. right? Um, What are the ways to increase breast milk? So um, your doctor can give you a prescription for a medication called motilium. Um, and the, but a more natural way is you can um, take two herbs called blessed thistle and fenugreek. Um, and they're three capsules, three times a day. But my suggestion is to only start taking that 
if you've established that you're having challenges with your supply. A lot of mamas um, want to be preempt proactive and they want to start, you know, making sure that they have a, a good milk supply even before their baby's born. Um, but I don't suggest doing anything. Let your body naturally do it. When your baby is born, your body knows what to do. Yes, it needs some help because both you and your baby have to learn how to breastfeed. Um, but once you learn to do that and you're still finding that, you know, you've got a good latch, there's no issue with the latch, there's no tongue tie, and you're still having a supply issue, then that is when you can consider taking blessed thistle and fenugreek or going to your doctor and asking them, to, letting them know that you're having challenges with supply issue, despite, you know, you're pumping and you're doing everything and they can give you a prescription for motilium. Yes, myself, I did try the natural way. I found I wasn't getting results. I also, it was a lot of pills for mm -hmm. me to take and they're big. So I was struggling a lot with that. Um, and then also your midwife also was able to prescribe the medicine as well because it was my midwife that mm -hmm. actually prescribed it. And mine was called Domperidone. So that's the same thing. Okay. So I, that might be a name that might be more known. I don't know, because that's the only one I've ever heard when I've chatted with other moms. So yeah, so most some moms out there might be, know it as Don Peridone them. So. Sorry, it's my yeah. nurse in me, yeah, and I was trying to remember what the normal name was, normal and I'm name. like, Motilium, that's all I could think of. But yes, so you're right. It's good to cover both sides. Don't, it is, yeah. It's the same medical, thing. Same I'm thing. giving you go. the more medical name, and uh, Heather's giving you the, the, mom name. the normal name. I love it. <laughs> so oh. we can find Agnes on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Agnes, where else can we find you? Um, you can email me if you have any questions or concerns at agnes at themamacoach.ca. My Facebook and Instagram handle is Agnes the Mama Coach, or you can go to the website. It's themamacoach.ca slash Agnes-Meyer. Awesome. Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. It's time for a conversation card. Every week we like to play a game. Not only for fun, but to get to know our guests a little more, too. Nobody knows what the mystery card might ask. Sometimes silly and sometimes serious. Let's find out what it will be this week. Can you please pick one and read it to us? All right, ladies, let's see what it is today. All right. What would be the positives and negatives of having a new baby in your family? <laughs> Gee, Jen, I think this is an easy one for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, my son is nine. <laughs> so the positive would be that he would eventually have a playmate, but it would be a huge age difference. Like it would be about a 10 year age gap. The negatives would be starting over, like starting the baby phase over, the diapering, the sleep training, everything. I mean, my son is nine. He takes a shower. Like I have to get him ready for the shower, but he's pretty independent. We like to travel a lot. So although it would be a blessing, Um, it would be quite the surprise. <laughs> And for you, Heather? Um, well, there are definitely lots of positives because we want a baby number two. So, um, so yeah, so for us, I mean, lots of positives would be for Hudson. They're going to be siblings close in age, and um, that would be super awesome. And we've always wanted to have two kids, so having another one would be obviously that completion to our family. Um, negatives, well, let's see. I have a toddler and a baby. <laughs> that's a little different than having a, a baby on your own. So with my husband working and not having really a lot of family support here, it'll definitely be a little bit more of a struggle. And then financially, right? Eventually, not initially so much, but 
as they get older, two definitely cost more than one. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I think for us, it's the same thing. Well, I have an infant right now, so I'm, <laughs> I'm in it, right? And yeah, the toddler, the two under two, it's busy. And when you want to breastfeed, this is when your toddler wants your attention. So actually, we have kept my son in full-time daycare. So I'm alone during the day with the baby and my husband is driving my son, my first son to work and bringing him back home after. And so when we have the two, we're two. So, so far it's working really well, but uh, advantages and disadvantages is, uh, um, yeah, you forget your sleep. You're starting from scratch again, right? I shouldn't say forget, but it is definitely interrupted sleep. And I'm, I thought I would be good with this, but I don't think anybody is. It's hard. It's really hard. So my, I'm, I'm really lucky. My husband is really helping. He's picking up one of the feet during the night so we can both get a stretch. But uh, yeah, the sleep is hard. But for us, two kids was, uh, it's a lot of fun. And my second one is the cutest thing. I mean, Alex was cute, but Nathan is so cute too. <laughs> it's just, oh, I look at him and... And, you know, like, this could be my last one. So I'm looking at him and it's just like, oh, my God, it's so adorable. So all the baby love, like, this is amazing. I love it. I love the newborn stage. And everybody say that newborn stage is the hardest. Actually, I find it's the easiest. You just put them into your... uh, Wrap. The wraps, the mm-hmm. carrier, it's so easy to bring around. They don't say anything, you know, they don't <laughs> slap you in the face when you say each, no. You know what? Each stage, though, I because I, I say to my yeah. moms, you know, it's like, I know I have a nine-year-old, but... I find now it's more society that's harder, right? Then yeah. he's pretty independent, but I find it's more the outside yeah. issues that are affecting it more than when they're newborn. It's more internal, right? True, very true. Yeah. Yeah. You got to ride the wave. Mm-hmm. Yes. Really, right? Pros and cons of all yeah. ages. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, thank you, Agnes. And thank you, Heather, for being here today. That concludes today's episode. For our listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. Or you can simply subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. Please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts. And remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.